The world is becoming more and more unstable by the day, and many Americans are not waiting around to find out how bad it could get. They're making the decision to diversify their wealth with precious metals like gold and silver. And they're turning to the top-rated precious metals company, GoldCo. Right now, GoldCo is offering up to $10,000 in bonus silver while supplies last. Go to HannityGold.com to learn more. That's HannityGold.com. Hey, we're all looking to save, especially on medical bills, but where do you start? Now, unless you're a medical billing expert, finding savings, well, it can seem impossible. HealthLock can help. HealthLock is a healthcare technology company that securely connects with your insurance and they flag errors like overbilling or wrong codes and fraud. And you can even have HealthLock work on your behalf to get money back from select past bills. Now, saving starts with knowing where to look. Go to their website. It's HealthLock.com today before you see any other healthcare provider. Pure Talk, my sponsor and my wireless company, of now providing international roaming to over 50 countries. Now, as you plan your summer travel, make sure that your wireless company covers you at home and abroad. Now, you can get unlimited talk and text, plenty of 5G data for just 20 bucks a month. That's less than half the price of Verizon, AT&T, and T-Mobile for the exact same service. Just go to puretalk.com slash Sean, S-E-A-N, make the switch today. Save an additional 50% off your first month. That's puretalk.com slash Sean, S-E-A-N. My friends at MyPillow, my buddy Mike Lindell, told me he was coming out with a brand new product. It's called the New Mattress Topper. So I got the New Mattress Topper immediately, and I've been sleeping on it now for a couple of months. It's the best thing you've ever felt in your life. Now, you literally have MyPillow Foam for Support. It's a transitional foam that helps relieve pressure points, and it's ultra-soft, patented temperature, regulating cover, and I got to tell you, it has a 10-year warranty, a cover that's washable and dryable. It's made in the USA, backed by their 60-day unconditional money-back guarantee. Once you try this new mattress topper, you put it right over your mattress, you will never sleep better. And right now, you, my radio listeners, you're going to save 30% off when you go to MyPillow.com and use the promo code TOPPER. And by the way, Mike will also give you two standard MyPillows absolutely free. All right, so try MyPillow.com promo code TOPPER. Promo code TOPPER for this great deal and the best night's sleep you ever had. When you drive a vehicle so reliable it's backed by a 10-year, 100,000-mile limited warranty, you stop thinking about what you can't do and start doing what you never thought possible. Visit your local Kia dealer today to see what you're capable of in a vehicle that inspires confidence around every corner. Kia, movement that inspires. Call 800-333-4KIA for details. Always drive safely. Limited inventory available. Warranties include 10-year, 100,000-mile powertrain and 5-year, 60,000-mile basic. Warranties are limited. See retailer for details. More Than a Movie is back with Season 2 of the award-winning film podcast, and this time with a lot more movies. I'm your host, Alex Fumero, and each week I'm going to talk to the people behind some of my favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the OG spy kid, Alexa Penavega. You had Carlo Gugino, who's the coolest mom ever. You had Antonio, who's handsome, amazing, charismatic. And then Carmen and Juni. I felt like a lot of other kids felt like this could be me. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. Every episode will feature interviews with the biggest actors, directors, writers, and producers behind your favorite films and tap into the history of Latinos in film. Listen to More Than a Movie as part of the My Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, 
Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi, I'm Michael Rappaport. And I'm Kibi Rappaport. And together we're hosting Rappaport's Rappaport's Reality Podcast. Podcast. We have a passion for reality TV, and we're inviting you into our living room. We're talking tea, we're dissecting the drama, and we're giving praise to the single greatest form of entertainment on television today. That is right. Reality TV is the greatest form of entertainment on television today. Here are some examples of what you'll hear from us on Rappaport's reality podcast. This is where we discuss all things reality TV, all things popular culture. And a little bit of... Rappaport's reality, the reality of bit. us. We're a figuring out. And if we had been recording these last four or five days, Ooh. it would have been would have taken a, a, a left turn. Listen to Rappaport's reality with me, Kibi Rappaport. And me, Michael Rappaport, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcast. All right, glad you're with us. Buckle up. We've got an incredible show today. And everything we have been saying about the new radical extreme Democratic Socialist Party is now even in writing on top of everything that we have already known. We'll also get to the issue of uh, the Democrats all across the country. They're in a bit of a dilemma as it relates to How they treated Justice Kavanaugh and the mess that is the Commonwealth of Virginia uh, will hit that hard in the course of the program today. A lot of Hollywood now, they're now beginning to think people like, oh, let's see, Ted Danson, Joyless Behar, uh, Jimmy Kimmel, Jimmy Fallon, and some others uh, as it relates to the blackface controversy in Virginia. A lot of them now are a little bit worried about that. Um, But we begin with... Everything Democrats have always believed, what they envision for the country, and have been, frankly, too afraid to lay out because deep down they know that this will be rejected outright by the American people. Just like they lied about Obamacare. That's a recent example. You've exp- Everyone listening to my voice knows you were lied to. You keep your doctor, you keep your plan. And you save money. Okay, millions lost their doctors. Millions lost the plans they liked. And everybody's paying a lot more money. In some cases, 300% plus more money. But every, you know, we had 100% increases in states throughout the years since it has been implemented. And then they won't, you know, arguing it's a tax when they said it's not a tax. And then the Supreme Court, John Roberts absolutely blew it on that decision on every level. And rumor is that he was on the right side of it, but as Chief Justice, he was he was afraid the court might be perceived as political. Um, how about just follow the Constitution? So we have the big rollout today of what is a, a Congresswoman Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez's Green New Deal bill. And the nuts and bolts of the new Green Deal bill. Well, let me just put it this way. We're just going to go back into, you know, a whole other century. You know, it's like the Great Leap Forward dressed up in green camouflage, somebody said to me today. I said, okay, that was clever. Uh, But understand what this is. Green energy deal, it will, and I'm going to explain it to you why, it will destroy America 
and America's economy as we know it. And there is literally will turn back the clock on all of the progress that we have made, all the technological advancement that has bettered our lives to the days where 90% of this country were living on family farms. That's, that's how far back we're going to go. And you have a, a, a scario because she's trying to scare us in 12 years, the world is going to end, actually wants to eliminate air travel. Airplanes are major polluters. You know, say goodbye to the 21st century. Get ready to live, you know, like centuries gone by. And so this legislation is rolled out today. Let me just go over some of this with you. And it is when you get to the nuts and bolts, they want a resolution called the Green New Deal, a plan to mobilize every aspect of American society. They claim at a scale not seen since World War Two. They want a net zero greenhouse gas emissions in 10 years. They claim, like all good socialists and communists gone by, they claim it's going to provide everything. Just like Obamacare made promises that never, ever, ever came to fruition. You know, we're told that we were going to have the best schools once we tax you into oblivion. We spend more money per capita per child per school with the worst results. Government-run schools are horrible. That's why most people, but you're stuck paying for them. And if you're lucky enough to make a little extra money that you can send your kid to a private school, people almost, you know, almost overwhelmingly choose to do it. Doesn't mean there aren't some good public school systems. There are, but there are many that are, are just atrocious, like New York City. I mean, even people accused of abuse, they get paid, but they don't even work, and they keep them on the sidelines when they should be prosecuted. So in 10 years, all renewable, clean and renewable energy only. We will be off of all fossil fuels in 10 years. What is so infuriating about it is the timing of this. Because since Donald Trump became president, since he ended all the burdensome regulation on the energy industry, since he approved of the Keystone and North Dakota pipelines and has rightly opened up Anwar for drilling, uh, we have now become the number one energy producer in the entire world, surpassing even Saudi Arabia and Russia. Well, that's great because it creates millions of high-paying career jobs for Americans. Also, it's great for our national security. We're not dependent on countries that hate our guts for the lifeblood of our economy. Then they make all sorts of, of promises. Ocasio-Cortez and, and Ed Murky. And they're calling it, they're going to build off FDR's second bill of rights by guaranteeing a job for every American at a family-sustaining wage. Uh, They're going to offer medical leave, vacations, and retirement security. They are going to now take, even though our current school system is failing, they're not going to improve it. They're going to have high-quality education, including all higher education and trade schools. Now the government's going to pay for that. Uh, Clean air and water and access to nature. I think when we walk outside, we're accessing nature. Uh, What are we going to do? Knock down buildings in New York and put up more parks? We're going to have uh, healthy food 
you know, God help us. I don't know what that means. I, whatever they have planned, maybe we'll be eating, you know, all these health food nuts like Linda, drinking these disgusting green shakes or this disgusting. Don't be jealous soup. of my healthy diet, okay? The, the, uh, the, this, everything you show me, I'm like, ugh, who could eat that? You know what I ate today? What? I ate a Sherry's cherry. That's healthy. It's a strawberry. No, it's a Sherry's cherry. Sherry's berries now has Sherry's cherries, and oh, they're okay. really good. Well, you love their strawberries, too. I do. We'll get to that later. I like them both. So they're offering safe, affordable, adequate housing. They're guaranteeing it for every American. They're guaranteeing an environment, economic environment, free of monopolies. They are guaranteeing, this is my favorite almost, economic security for all, even those unable or unwilling to work. (laughs) Who wants to work? Why bother? I'm getting the same thing as everybody else. Cradle to grave, womb to the tomb, prosperity. Uh, the, oh, the same thing that happened in Cuba, the same system that has brought in poverty there, the same system that has destroyed Venezuela, even with their vast energy resources. You know, what they're talking about, and they're calling it an investment, you know, but yeah, but it actually says 100% clean, 100% renewable, a hundred percent were weaned off fossil fuels in 10 years. Now, she claims that the country dies in 12 years. The world is over. And she set a goal of zero, net zero rather than zero emissions in 10 years because we're not sure that we'll be able to fully get rid of, quote, farting cows and airplanes that fast. But the plan is to get rid of the airplane. Okay, now later they talk about high-speed trains. Are we going to create a high-speed train to Europe? Are we going to create a high-speed train to to Singapore, where I was in the air 24, almost 24 hours in the air to fly to Singapore? And that they... Did you mean Singapore? Yeah, Singapore. That's where you say it. We're in Singapore. I'm going to Singapore. I'm going to Singapore. It looks like now you're going to Vietnam. So Vietnam. All right, so... Vietnam. Say it again. <laughs> I can't um, unbelievable. Back up, you creep. Uh, yeah. Um. Good morning, Vietnam. What time? It'll be probably. It's actually the same. No, it's the same time difference as us. So yeah, it'll be a uh, three sixteen. Oh, so we'll in the be morning. doing the show live in Vietnam at three a.m. Okay. Fantastic. Anyway, it, it, you can't even use nuclear power. That's not included in the deal. Um. We got carbon taxes. They're of course saying we're not ruling out out. That means a carbon tax. That means they're going to bring back, you know, cap and trade. But the most thing, here's the question. They, they ask frequently asked questions. How are you going to pay for this? Well, their answer is, well, you know, the 2008 bank bailout extended quantitative easing programs. And the same way we paid for World War II and all, all other current wars. And the Federal Reserve can just extend credit to, to power those projects and investments uh, and new public banks that can be created and and at the end of the day, they put it in this document. This is an investment, you know, to grow, grow our economy. The, the, so the question isn't how we'll pay for it. Yeah, the question's how you're going to pay for this. It's impossible. It Look, the United States of America was built on the concept of liberty and freedom. You know, the word education is from the the Latin derivative, educare, to bring forth from within. 
which means we're born that God has given us. I know it's hard. You can't say it in a public school, but we're endowed by our creator. But God has breathed. The Bible actually says something cool about this. The Bible says that I knew you before you were even made, meaning in his mind. It's a very deep thing. Every hair of your head is counted. Anyway, I digress. This country was founded on the idea that the potential, God-given potential of every human soul, that if you water that soul and you give it sunlight and you treat it well, that whatever it is that they're learning is coming forth from within. That means God gave them talent. And with the talent came the ingenuity of the American entrepreneur, where they would risk their and create goods and services and, and risk building businesses and creating things that people want, need, and desire. Contractors build homes, plumbers do plumbing, electricians do electricians, and lawyers are needed because you need lawyers, And but doctors and their innovations that they can cut into our brains and remove tumors and save our lives, or you know, if you're gonna be paralyzed, they can, they can prevent something from horrible from happening, and they can fix our bones and you know, cure some of the cancers again and again. And they're even saying, if you, even if every billionaire they say came, company came together willing to pour all their resources and disposal into this investment, the aggregate value of the investments they could make would be not sufficient. So the reason we have now, we've created a system where every American can strive to buy a house, can create whatever talents they have within them goods and services that people want, need, and desire. Not the idea that you get everything guaranteed, health care, school, education, uh, your housing, everything guaranteed in this deal. And then no airplanes and soon no cars unless you drive there. We'll be all in little box cars that are horrible. And it is not what has created wealth. In America, when I was really poor, I mean, 200 bucks in my, ba- in my bank account, for a longer time in my adult life than I care to admit, um, I didn't have money for any extras. I bought $200 cars, and they worked, and I fixed them myself. You know, I paid rent, and I worked in an apartment. I also worked for my landlord. And I struggled and I fought and clawed and, you know, jumped a lot and took a lot of risks and chances. That's what all of us do. That whole system under this plan is going to be eviscerated. It will be like every other socialist experiment ever tried. Communism to each according to their need, from each according to their ability. It will, all the promises, all the promises that you'll have no worries, fears in your life, your government will handle it all. You will sacrifice every freedom you have been born with, every principle that has been successful, that has created a nation, a wealth that is the envy of the world. Goodbye. It's over. Hey guys, today marks the seven-day countdown until Valentine's Day. And I know a lot of you guys have already ordered that special someone, a gorgeous bouquet from our friends at 1-800-Flowers.com. But for the rest of you, you gotta stop putting it off because right now you'll get 18 beautiful red roses, just $29.99 or upgrade to 24 red roses, only 10 bucks more. That's right, 18 red roses, $29.99, upgrade to 24 red roses, 10 bucks more, an amazing deal. 
Bell. Now, roses from 1-800-Flowers, always picked at their peak, shipped overnight to ensure freshness. Now, bouquet prices are going to be going up soon. Take advantage today. Pick your delivery date. Let 1-800-Flowers handle all the rest. Again, to order 18 beautiful red roses for $29.99 or upgrade to 24 red roses for just 10 bucks more, just go to 1-800-Flowers.com slash Hannity. 1-800-Flowers.com slash Hannity. Hurry, offer expires Friday. I have been saying on this program for, well, I've been on radio 30 years, for decades. Energy, energy, energy. We have more energy. Oil, natural gas, clean coal. We've got it. And for the first time, a president opened it up. And now we are the biggest energy producer, natural gas, oil in the entire world, a net exporter of energy. And we're just beginning to touch the surface. It's going to get bigger and bigger. Remember drivers in North Dakota during the boom that was going on there that I believe the Saudis artificially lowered the prices to run them out of business. That's a different story. But drivers... $100,000 a year jobs that they will train you for. And it just expands out from there. And we're on the verge of all of the economic growth and wealth and prosperity right there in front of us. It'll change the trajectory of every American's lives in a positive way where people can buy homes and houses and cars and afford a better education than the vacations we have. And now in 10 uh, years, we're going to get rid of the lifeblood of our economy and airplanes to boot. How how do we get to Vietnam? Am I going to have to walk? We'll continue. One thing that is not political, it's smoking. That's about people. And there are 34 million Americans now that smoke. But for many, there's not been a clear alternative. Juul, for me, has been a game changer. I watch people all the time. They go outside in the middle of the freezing winter just to have their smoke. You don't have to do that anymore because of Juul. Now, people don't have to worry about the smell on your hands. Juul was specifically designed by smokers for smokers to be a satisfying alternative It's a clean technology. Juul has no ash, no odor, no mess. If you're one of those 34 million adults who do smoke, you now know there's an alternative to cigarettes and cigars. Just go to Juul, J-U-U-L dot com slash Switch America. That's J-U-U-L dot com slash Switch America. Now, this product does contain nicotine, and nicotine is an addictive chemical. But just go to Juul, J-U-U-L dot com slash Switch America. All right, 25 till the top of the hour. We have a lot more news to get into uh, as it relates to what's happening in Virginia. Uh, The double standard of Democrats as it relates to their lieutenant governor facing serious sexual assault charges. Now they got the attorney general third in line to replace the current governor. Uh, He's got a problem with blackface, as does apparently a lot of people in Hollywood like, oh, uh, Joyless Behar, Ted Danson, Jimmy Kimmel, Jimmy Fallon, and others. We'll get to that. So what she has here, Ocasio-Cortez, Markey, and this new Green Deal for America. Now, even Nancy Pelosi is rejecting this. And I, as I said before, Nancy Pelosi is scared to death of Ocasio-Cortez. Now, why is she scared to death of Ocasio-Cortez and the radical 
as radical as she is, and she's radical, you think about it, this, there is at least some sense of what the American people would ever tolerate here or what, you know, what the, what the American people know what works. Um, let me just quick family story. All four of my grandparents come from Ireland. And when I took that ancestry testing, the hundred percent British Isles, and they were support, they were surprised because that usually doesn't happen. And but I knew all four of my grandparents, and I have the papers from Ellis Island. They came in when they came in legally, et cetera. But they came here; they had no money, ten bucks, maybe one at fifteen. Um, and they lived a very poor life in the some of the worst conditions. Irish Catholic, not. Need not apply uh, was there's a lot of prejudice against Irish Catholics at the time in Boston and New York, um, but they somehow overcame. They lived in very, very, very poor conditions. My poor dad grew up very poor in Bed-Stuy. His mom died a couple of months complications from giving birth to him. Uh, his dad, my grandfather, just was working all the time, so he had different people taking care of him at all different times, but no money. My mother growing up in the South Bronx in New York, my, my other, my maternal grandfather worked his ass off. And like every, you all have the same story. This is not unique in any way. This is the American quintessential American dream. They weren't guaranteed any of the things that Ocasio-Cortez is and this democratic radical extreme socialist party are now promising. And you've got to ask yourself, it's always appealing to take away all of your insecurities and fear in life. But when does it ever, when do these promises ever get fulfilled? They don't. That's the problem. You're going to get all the platitudes, all the talking points, all the bumper stickers, and you're never going to get the results because it's not sustainable. Just like Kamala Harris, when you she talks about eliminating all private health care insurance, Medicare for all. Okay, 177 million Americans wiped out of their own insurance. Obamacare is the most recent example of a government, their promises versus what they said. His talking points, his platitudes, his bumper sticker, keep your doctor, keep your plan, save less. None of those promises were fulfilled. It has become an unmitigated disaster. John Roberts, thank you very much for that one. And it is, but that is the history, the promise of socialism. It takes away all of your fear, all of your insecurities in life, and you're guaranteed a job, you're guaranteed family medical leave, you're guaranteed vacation, you're guaranteed retirement, you're guaranteed safe, affordable housing, you're guaranteed health care, you're guaranteed education way beyond high school or if you want to go to a trade school or a college, that's guaranteed. And all of this is guaranteed for everybody who's either willing or unwilling to work. Oh, what happens to freedom in this equation? Where's the incentive if if as the Democrats are proposing, if they're going to steal 70 percent of your income, why bother? Who's going to bother the risk, the reward, the blood, the sweat, the tears that goes along with building a business, uh, providing goods and services that people want, need and desire? You know, it was a big deal that my father, post-World War II, he signed up, served four years in the Pacific. 
And when he could buy a $13,000 Cape Cod house on a 50 by 100 lot, which I grew up in all of my life, you know, with one bathroom and three older sisters, kind of described it as hell on earth. I'm kidding, of course. But, you know, that was a big deal. And, and, and the hope was that his children, and we all stand on the shoulders of our parents and grandparents and the sacrifices they made for us. The, the, look, I've been a housing project. So I, I, had to, I remember when I was in Atlanta, Techwood Homes, the first housing project ever built, Pepper Mill, another home. I went to a housing project. I was covering a story when I was down reporting on it in Atlanta as a talk show host, and I went down there. Horrible story. A, a young girl died because a cockroach lodged in her head. And I, I went there, and I went into one of the units... The place was infested with roaches. It was disgusting beyond imagination. There's your government. That was government subsidized, government supported housing. Young girl died. And I look at, and I've been to many poor, poor, poor places in my life. And in America, even the poorest TVs, usually big screens, computers, phones, food in the refrigerator, refrigerator freezer. You look at some of these socialist countries, they don't even have that. And, you know, I I was lucky when I had no money, I could buy a $200 former Providence gas company van that once ran on natural gas. They converted it back to gasoline. Cost me 200 bucks. Best, best investment I ever made. That thing ran best. I barely had to fix the thing. Bought a $350 Ford Maverick, 1971. Talked a guy down from 400. Spent a lot of time fixing that. Used to fix it myself. Worked with a bunch of guys. I rented a bar barn that was empty from my landlord. Me and a bunch of guys. We'd go in there, fix cars, paint cars. I wasn't good at it, but they would always help me. I'd do the brakes, shoot tune-ups, did all that stuff. My point is, okay, I still had a TV, refrigerator, freezer, and a stove, and air conditioning, and heat. It was, you know, it was, it was an adequate apartment. Lived in that for into my 30s, for crying out loud. Nothing great, nothing ostentatious. It's unbelievable. Don't worry how to pay for it. It's not about how we're going to pay for it. It will destroy. It, this plan by this new radical extreme Democratic Party will destroy the American dream. Kamala Harris's Medicare for All Eliminate Private Insurance will destroy health care. The energy, energy industry, which is the hope for the greatest prosperity growth we've ever had, will be destroyed when the government takes that over. Just warning you, this is, your, this is the party. By the way, Ahmed, every, you all says Ocasio-Cortez wiping tears, vowing to defund ICE, great. We're here to say that an agency like ICE, which repeatedly and systematically violates human rights, does not deserve a dime. That's right. They do not deserve a dime. Until they can prove that they are honoring human rights, until they can make a good faith effort to expand and embrace immigrants, they do not deserve any resources for their radical agenda. We have this to have is respect. A, all right, I don't have time. 
Air travel stops becoming necessary under this new Green Deal. Eliminate nuclear energy. Eliminate all fossil fuels. The, the, the path to the greatest prosperity boom we've ever had as a country. Basically banning cars as we know them. You know, we rebuild every building in America. Uh, what? Rebuild every building in America? Eliminate air travel? Free education? They're going to tell you what your great diet's going to be? Free house? Free money? What, are they going to ban meat too? Because cows and, and their gas emissions? It's a disaster. All right, let me move on. We got an update out of uh, the Commonwealth of Virginia. You know, what's amazing about this is I want to just play just the presidential hopefuls. And maybe Amy Klobuchar was having trouble now already or, or Kamala Harris. Cory Booker did criticize um, the lieutenant uh, the, the lieutenant governor in Virginia over this serious charge of sexual assault. Let's just listen to what they said during the Kavanaugh hearings. Since we call this press conference, other uh, uh, relegate, uh, allegations have come forward. We join, uh, I join, Leader Schumer and calling for Judge Kavanaugh to withdraw his name from consideration. Virginians will uh, resolve their their. Um issues uh, that they have there. It's, it's sad because they have some very talented leaders there, uh, but they have to have the confidence of the electorate and they have to have the confidence of the legislature that they have to work with. But I'll leave that up to them. I have enough to do uh, here without getting uh, involved in affairs of, I don't want to talk uh, about Ocasio-Cortez. I have enough to do here. I don't want to talk about uh, what's happening in Virginia either. By the way, think of this health care for all thing and eliminate all all private insurance, um, and then this simultaneous push for infanticide by six states won't stop it in the U.S. Senate. Democrats stopped it from protecting a child that's born. Good grief. Is that, is that a, one of the cost-effective ideas that they're coming up with? Who knows? How could anyone support that? Anyway, let's get to the Democrat presidential hopefuls uh, as it relates to Kavanaugh. I'll let... Jason, who is running the board, picked the best cuts. Feinstein, Schumer, Leahy, Derby. Just listen in. She came forward publicly despite knowing she would face harsh public scrutiny, threats, relentless invasions of privacy, that her life would be forever altered. We've heard a lot about the effect on Judge Kavanaugh, which is real and not exaggerated. But the effect on her as well and what she had to submit to by coming forward and making that courageous testimony. You don't know and I don't know what they are investigating. I just have a real concern whether they can do a thorough investigation regarding his veracity. Whatever the truth may be, we need a full, we need a full investigation to give members of the Senate uh, the information they need to make a, a fair decision yes. on Mr. Kavanaugh. Fairfax accuser, sir. All right, you get the point. We saw what happened in those hearings. We saw what they did to Judge Kavanaugh and his family. There's been virtual silence from all these same people. They bludgeon Judge Kavanaugh. Some of the most ridiculous notions. Almost every other weekend, they would spike the punch. Teenage girls would drink it. They'd pass out. They'd light up in the hall. And the teenage boys would rape the teenage girls. Happened every almost every weekend. 
No due process, no presumption of innocence. We found out now that Congressman Bobby Scott, he knew about these assault allegations against Lieutenant Governor Fairfax over a year ago. Democratic, you know, all the calls for resignation gone away. After the blackface allegations and now the the lieutenant governor, obviously he can't take the spot. And the attorney general next in line, blackface issue. That would mean the Republican speaker of the House of, what do they call it? The House of uh, Commons would take over. Booker's the only one that said anything about it. The rest of the presidential hopefuls, nothing. Now the lieutenant governor hired Brett Kavanaugh's law firm. The woman hired Professor Ford's attorney. You know, then you have the other issue. There's a poll out today. 80% of Democrats say it's absolutely unacceptable for white people to dress up in blackface. Bad news is their party leadership is clearly ignoring them. And um, what we found is, oh, Joy Behar and ABC and the women of the viewers silent today after an old photo of, of Joy Behar surfaced of her in blackface. Uh, then we have the same issue that emerged for Jimmy Fallon dressing as Chris Rock in blackface and Jimmy Kimmel dressing basically in a basketball uniform and not just blackface, but a black, you know, body and also once doing Oprah Winfrey. Here's how what he said when dressed like Carmelo. But the biggest celebrity of all ain't none other than the mailman himself, Carmelo. Carmelo, born in Summerfield, Louisiana. Now, this is what they call Bayou Country right there, because when it start raining and flood come in, you got to buy you a new rug. That's good. Now, nickname. Now, here's the question. We saw what happened to Megyn Kelly for raising the question about a Halloween costume. She'd never dressed in blackface that I know. What about everyone at uh, NBC that did? What about um, ABC? What are they going to do about Behar? What are they going to do about Fallon? What are they going to do about Kimmel? By the way, I don't support boycotts. I don't support firings. Uh, I don't, I mean, call for firings. That's up to them. That, that tactic is used to silence conservatives. Let the people decide what they want to watch and hear. This is Phil Robertson, and today in stores you'll find my book, The Theft of America's Soul, blowing the lid off the lies that are destroying our country. The book points out why America is being robbed. There are ten lies the devil has attempted to use to destroy America's soul. Putting God back in our country is the key. The Theft of America's Soul offers ten truths that, if acted on, will put God back into culture and turn the country around, and you'll find it everywhere books are sold. All right, Hour 2, Sean Hannity Show. Glad you're with us. Uh, write down our toll-free telephone number if you want to be a part of the program. I know with everything going on with Virginia, the radicalization of the Democratic Party and uh, everything else that's going on, uh, we cannot ignore what is a unbelievable development as it relates to the deep state. So we uh, start this hour with Hannity Deep State Watch. And our friend John Solomon wrote a column yesterday that ought to scare the living daylights out of everybody because a lot of what we have discussed is the biggest abuse of power corruption scandal in American history. Now, remember, a couple of weeks ago, John Solomon broke the story that Bruce Orr told everybody, everybody, all the upper echelon of the FBI and the DOJ that the Hillary bought and paid for Russian dossier that, number one, Hillary paid for it all. 
with the DNC that she was running. Number two, the Christopher Steele, who used the funnel money through Perkins Coie to Fusion GPS. Christopher Steele, the foreign national, hated Donald Trump. And that Christopher Steele used dubious, well, sources in Russia and that none of the dossier was verified or corroborated at all. Now, this, give, here's the timeline. This is August of 2016. Then we learn by October 2016, well, they never verified it. They never corroborated it. Met most of it now has been debunked, like hookers urinating in a bed in the Ritz-Carlton in Moscow in Donald Trump's room. But yet it became, as the Nunes and Grassley Graham memo suggests, the bulk of information in the FISA warrant application against Carter Page, a Trump campaign associate. Okay, that would be a conspiracy to commit fraud against a FISA court. And remember, they purposely omitted very key information that Hillary paid for it. They knew she paid for it. They knew it was her campaign. They didn't tell the FISA court judges in the application that with a little note saying might have a slight, you know, political tinge to this. They never verify, never corroborate. Okay, now all those people that signed off on that FISA warrant are testifying to that court that to the best of their knowledge, everything presented is accurate, true and right on the money. They purposely did not present it that way. Now, even the deputy FBI director uh, at the time, had McCabe, had said, well, without the dossier, we don't get the FISA warrant. Now, at some point, we're going to hear from these FISA judges. Here's where it gets interesting in John Solomon's new column yesterday. And that is, we find out, headline is, Robert Mueller himself was hauled before the secret FISA court to address FISA abuses in 2002, according to Congress, and that for the most of the, the 16 years, Mueller's closed door, you know, encounter here at Escape Public Notice. John Solomon joins us now to talk about this. Why don't we start with the latest developments? How many times when Robert Mueller got called in before the, the nation's intelligence court to address these instances of the FBI withholding exculpatory evidence and cheating on these surveillance warrant applications. How many instances did that occur? Yeah, the court record showed, Sean, that it was 70, at least 75 times. Uh, there were 75 different vices that had what were known as material omissions, the very same sin we're talking about in the Russia uh, FISA against Carter Page in 2016, 2017. FBI agents intentionally, willfully leaving information out that was incredibly relevant to the judges, usually uh, uh, going towards the possibility that the people they wanted to investigate or target were innocent. Uh, exculpatory information is how it's referred to. So uh, we know that the, the now, because of this new revelation, that the FBI had a pattern in practice in the past of doing this, of cheating, of misusing the FISA abuses, that some of those occurred or had to be rectified, at least on Bob Mueller's watch when he was the FBI director. Now he's the special counsel in this case. But How is this resolved? When he, because what you're really yeah. describing here, if you withhold exculpatory evidence... What you're really describing is committing a fraud on the court. Yeah. 
Well, uh, probably not as much punishment as you and I or regular Americans would expect, right? You would think maybe some FBI agents got fired or reprimanded. Well, maybe a pre-dawn raid of your computers with, let's say, 27 <laughs> agents, guns yeah. drawn, SWAT gear, and tactical vehicles, amphibious vehicles in your backyard. Yeah, it didn't happen. Uh, now, one agent was banned from testifying before the court forever, but that was really the outcome. Now, what Director Mueller did do and what he got credit for doing was he went to the court and said, yep, we have some problems here. I understand why you're upset. I'm putting in these new procedures to make sure that this doesn't happen. Those are known as the Woods procedures. It was those very procedures that Pete struck 16 years later when he's running the Russia investigation, writes that famous email that you and I have talked about on this show. we got to get those guys to hurry the F up and get this thing through those procedures into the court because they wanted that uh, spying capability, that search warrant on the Trump campaign before the election ended. Because at the end of the day, we know it was all about stopping Trump. Okay, uh, but if they, if they went through the proper procedure, they wouldn't right. have been able to use an unverified, uncorroborated well, that, dossier and omit to the court who paid for it. That's exactly right. And that remember a couple times on the show, Sean, you've done a great job playing this famous clip from uh, Deputy Attorney General Rosenstein saying, I don't know why you guys are all upset about this FISA thing. You don't know how much effort and care and review and all goes through this well, process. Well, you know what? what? Let's remind everybody yep. and, and also put some <laughs> context to it because Rod Rosenstein signed the third renewal application, the fourth FISA warrant, because you have to renew it every three months, against Carter Page. His signature's on a, a document where the bulk of information was never corroborated. Interesting in light of what he said. Listen. The way we operate in the Department of Justice, if we can accuse somebody of wrongdoing, we have to have admissible evidence and credible witnesses. We need to prepare to prove our case in court. And we have to affix our signature to the charging document. And that's something that not everybody appreciates. Now, there's a lot of talk about FISA applications. And many people that I, I see talking about it seem not to recognize uh, what a FISA application. A FISA application is actually a warrant, just like a search warrant. Uh, in order to get a FISA uh, search warrant, you need an affidavit signed by a career federal law enforcement officer who swears that the information in the affidavit is true and correct to the best of his knowledge and belief. Uh, and that's the way we operate. And if it's wrong, sometimes it is, if you find out there's anything incorrect in there, that person is going to face consequences. That person is going to face consequences. Did any of the yeah. 75 instances you've described here with Mueller under his watch, anybody, only one person, face the consequences? Yeah, the only consequence was... Yeah, the only consequence was they couldn't go before the court. They didn't lose a job, as far as we can tell. We don't see any evidence of, uh, of reprimand or, or firing or termination, not that I can find so far in my reporting. But, you know, that, that answer is a classic bureaucratic answer, which is, but trust us, guys, there's a process. Well, guess what? The process didn't work that 75 times uh, when there was cheating before. And we now know that the process didn't catch all of these horrific flaws in, in the uh, Carter Page Russia uh, you did a good job enumerating all of them. My favorite one, the one that I think really goes towards intent, the FBI states, we know of no derogatory information about Christopher Steele that would disqualify using him as a source in this. Yet we now know at the time they wrote that statement, 
They knew from Bruce Orr he was an anti-Trump activist trying to stop him from becoming president. That's known as derogatory information under the standards. He had been leaking, along with Glenn Simpson, to the media in violation of the FBI's rules. They knew that before making that statement. And so you have a situation where the process only matters, right? The process is only as good as the information you put into it. And in the case of Pete Stroke and Lisa Page and Andy McCabe, they didn't put the truthful information through there, and the court was making a decision based on an inaccurate record, just like what happened 16 years ago. So everybody that's been involved in this entire process, they knew everything about the dossier ahead of time. So now Greg Jarrett, yeah. our friend, who wrote the number one bestseller of the Russia hoax, right. uh, has identified six separate crimes that they're guilty of. And my question is, you know, I, again... If are we going to have equal justice under the law, equal application of our laws uh, or not, because if not, then we're pretty much shredding the Constitution, which is the foundation of all rule of law. And that then goes back. And then we begin with the whole issue of Hillary Clinton, the Espionage Act, the mom and pop shop server with classified and top secret information on it. And then the deletions of subpoenaed emails and the bleach bit and the hammers. Um, And then it goes even further. They knowingly, willingly did all of this. Why is let me ask, let me, what is the insurance policy in your view that struck and page talked about If for, if for any way, this guy wins, which he never will, he should lose a hundred million to zero. If he wins, you know, we have an insurance policy. What do we now know to be the insurance policy? The, the preponderance of evidence that we have and in the hints that we have from people like uh, former House Intelligence Committee Chairman Devin Nunez, the insurance policy was a set of investigative tactics the FBI put in place to try to corroborate or to catch the Trump campaign in the narrative that Christopher Steele was writing about. Remember, they knew Christopher Steele was a Democratic flawed document. It was paid by the Clintons. It was come from a guy who had bias. So they needed something better if they were ever going to catch the Trump collusion uh, uh, allegation, right? So I think the insurance policy is a series of informants that are inserted in and around the Trump campaign. People like Stefan Halper, who we've now been acknowledged was an informant, who's meeting with Papadopoulos and Carter Page. I think their goal was to use those informants and in, in trap or capture or just find evidence of, of collusion. We know that didn't happen, though, right? Because nine months after all those activities were put in place, all the, after the insurance policy is already in place, the FISA warrants in place, what did Lisa Page tell us? At the time we named Bob Mueller special prosecutor, we didn't have any evidence of collusion yet. It was unproven. Nine months, all the most awesome tools of the FBI, and they can't prove collusion. And yet what do we do at that moment? We name a special prosecutor again. And I want to, I want to mention one thing because you and I began talking about this last night. But I'll on tell you TV what, hold Trump. on to what you want to mention. We'll also get to the announcement by the Senate Intelligence Committee Chairman Richard Burr today that the committee's Russia investigation has yet to find any evidence of collusion between the president's uh, campaign and the Kremlin, and they will release a report on the Obama administration's response to Russian interference uh, in the last presidential election. So that's getting interesting. Quick break. We'll come back. More investigative reporter with The Hill, John Solomon, as we continue. All right, as we continue, John Solomon, another big breaking news story he has that We now discovered, he discovered, that Robert Mueller had been hauled before the FISA court during his tenure when he was the FBI director to address abuses 
uh, basically fraud being perpetrated on FISA courts in some 75 occasions or more and exculpatory evidence withheld. We also had breaking today that Richard Burr, the Senate Intelligence Committee chairman, announcing today that his committee's Russia investigation has yet to find any evidence of collusion between the president's campaign and the Kremlin, and they're going to soon release a report on the Obama administration's response to Russian interference in the last presidential election, uh, which we now know, uh, if we put two and two together, that they were up to their eyeballs in setting up this president. Is that true or false? Well, there, there's, there's two things that are going on. There's a group in the FBI that clearly was trying to set up this investigation and blowing past the normal strictures and rules and regulations and common sense that good FBI agents and good FISA cases use. That's one thing going on. Secondly, we now know from Obama himself and the people around him, they were tepid. They didn't take the Russia thing that seriously until after Hillary lost. That's a major intelligence failure on our part. If Russia was trying to interfere with our election, take Donald Trump out of it because it's pretty obvious now that there was no collusion. It's still our president's job to stop that when it's going on. You saw what President Trump did in the 2018 election, very assertive action when the first signs that uh, that foreigners were trying to tinker in the 2018 midterm elections. The president had the uh, Homeland Security Secretary out there. He had briefings. He had ordered offensive measures to stop this stuff. Barack Obama was sitting on his hands by his own acknowledgement. He was fearful of making too much waves before the election. And that, was, that let us all down in the, in the intelligence community. And I think that that's what Richard Burr and Mark Warner jointly, a Democrat and a Republican, are going to conclude. But Burr's statement is so important for another reason. Right, I want to go back seconds. to where we left. Yeah, we, we, we were talking about in the fourth uh, uh, FISA warrant where uh, the one that Rosenstein signed, still relying nine, ten months into the investigation on that darn dossier, right? There's another action that he took a month before that when he appointed the special prosecutor, Robert Mueller. One has to wonder, did he justify in the documents that have not yet been released uh, Mueller's appointment based on a false dossier as well, which raises some legitimacy questions about the, the beginning of the Mueller investigation. And I think that that's a question that all of us need to ask more of the Justice Department. I have not been able to get an answer. They are we going to get to right the now. bottom of this? Are these people that yes. have committed these crimes going to be held accountable? Real quick. I believe so. I believe the Inspector General's investigation has and, found some significant And what will Mueller's report in a month, we're told, show? Yeah, you know, I don't know, but you would assume that Richard Burr wouldn't feel comfortable saying what he said this morning if he thought Bob Mueller had evidence of collusion. I think all the reporting I've done from people around Mueller and inside the current FBI and Justice Department, there's going to be a finding of no collusion. I think that that's going to be one of the key things. Just try and muddy it up with, you know, innuendo. That's my guess, too. Uh, All right, John Solomon, great job as always. Uh, You can see John's articles on the Hill uh, 800-941-SEAN if you want to be a part of the program. All right, 25 now till the top of the hour. Uh, even the Washington Post editorial now saying that Ralph Northam should resign. Now, this has now become an even bigger problem for the people in Virginia because the lieutenant governor, who would be next in line, well, he is now being accused of a violent sexual assault by what seems like a credible witness, although we give due process and the presumption of innocence, the Red State article saying there might be more allegations about Fairfax coming out. Uh, we learned also that Representative Bobby Scott, that he had learned about this assault allegation against the lieutenant governor a year ago from the accuser. And on top of that, then we have the next in line. That would be the attorney general 
of the Commonwealth of Virginia, also a Democrat, Mark Herring, and he too has admitted to dressing in blackface. Now, what's fascinating about this is now it has moved into the realm of Hollywood with Joyless Behar of The View, um, pictures of her in blackface. What is ABC going to do? Uh, You have a number of people that have done the same, including Jimmy uh, Kimmel. But the biggest celebrity of all ain't none other than the mailman himself, Paul Malone. Paul Malone, born in Summerfield, Louisiana. Now, this is what they call Bayou Country right there, because when it start raining and flood come in, you got to buy you a new rug. I knew that, that's good. Now, nickname. New Orleans nickname, Big Easy. And this here, why? New Orleans Big. And look at them girls. That's easy. Big Easy. That's all right. That may call Malone and start poking his lucky dog all over the place. Now, round Mardi Gras time, drunk college kid, make a big old mess on Vermin Street. That's where them girls always go wild in them video call order off TV. And that's there what happened when ladies drink them hurricanes. All right, so you have Jimmy Kimmel. That's him uh, dressed in full blackface, well, his entire body, uh, trying to look like Carl Malone and speaking that way. And also Oprah Winfrey in, in another case. Jimmy Fallon, he dresses in blackface, also his hands, to try and be Chris Rock, uh, Joyless Behar. Now, the thing is, you got to remember here, if a conservative did any of these things, you know the typical predictable allegations of racism and the mantra and firings would be made by people on the left. But in light of NBC's decision, for example, with... You know, Megan, well, what do you do now? What do these networks now do? Now, what do the people of Virginia do? Anyway, here to debate, discuss, we got Jonathan Gillum, former FBI agent, federal air marshal, author of Sheep No More, a bestseller, Danielle McLaughlin, attorney, constitutional expert. Uh, Welcome both of you back to the program. And uh, Danielle, I'll start with you. Uh, Okay, so you got the governor of Virginia, the Commonwealth, saying that, Well, the baby will be delivered and the baby will be made comfortable. And then the mother only will get to decide if a baby needs to be resuscitated and needs medical help. And then later we'll just have a discussion. Okay, that very same week, then we find out the governor is in blackface. Um, And the lieutenant governor now is embroiled in a sex scandal. And that raises the question, well, where's Kamala Harris? Uh, Where's Kirsten Gillibrand? Uh, Amy Klobuchar, Feinstein, where's Schumer, where's Leahy, where's Dick Durbin, where's Sheldon Whitehouse, Chris Coons, and uh, uh, Senator Hirono, and others and the people in the media that were so willing to say, I believe, in the Justice Kavanaugh case. Good afternoon, Sean. Hey, Jonathan. You know, I actually agree with you, Sean, uh, for once. I think it's very cynical that we're not seeing the women, who, uh, the, the, you know, the members of Congress and senators who were so forcefully for uh, the accuser of Judge Kavanaugh not coming forward and talking with the same kind of vehemence and support for Lieutenant Governor Fairfax. There's always two sides to a story. I've read her letter. This is a real problem. This is a real problem. And I, I honestly think I, I think the Democrats are being cynical about this, thinking they can keep the, the, uh, the governorship. 
but I don't think they should. Um, it's hard for the Democrats because they sort of require purity, absolute purity. You do one thing wrong and you're gone. But if that's who they want to be, then they have to be consistent. Jonathan, what do you think? I want Danielle to listen to me very carefully. Come over to the conservative side, Danielle. You're almost there. You're almost there. You're making too much sense now. I, I, I totally agree with, uh, with what Danielle's saying. You know, if you're going to uh, set guidelines for everybody else in the United States, you've got to be willing to live by those guidelines. And that's the problem that we keep seeing with the left is that they get enraged. And I know it's politics, right? The right will get enraged about the left. The left will get enraged about the right. However, what we see the difference with the left in this country is that they're, they're not just outraged. They move forward to set legal standards or, in the court of public opinion, standards that will get people kicked off a show or their careers ruined. And in the case of Megyn Kelly, you know, when she said what she said, it was just in passing, as you talked about a few, you know, a few minutes ago. It was just in passing. Cost her her whole show. These are people that are literally doing these things that they tell everybody not to do, and then they go quiet. And I love the fact that Danielle's saying what she's saying, because, Sean, I think if, if Democrats start separating, or let's say liberals, start separating themselves from the Democrat Party, what you're going to see is that they actually identify with a lot more than President Trump does, and we all identify and, and agree on a lot more uh, than what we actually think we do when we let go of that that party ideology. And I think this is a perfect example of that. You know, you watch all of this unfold. I don't think it's going to happen. And this gets to the heart of what this Democratic Party has become. I'll, I'll give you an example, uh, Danielle. And I, do, I, like Jonathan, appreciate your honesty, but I think it's an untenable position. And you're really good. You can thread a needle a lot of ways, and you have on this very program defending Democrats uh, when I don't think you have a way to defend them. But, you know, look at the recent government shutdown where the Democrats only a few short years ago were sounding exactly like Donald Trump on the border wall. They bludgeoned President Trump about child separation. He fixed the issue that was there from Obama and President Bush. Uh, he offers dreamers what the Democrats say they want fixed. He wants They want DACA fixed. And then they won't even sit down at the table and talk to the president either b- during the shutdown, before the shutdown, after the shutdown. So to me, that telegraphs that they care more about hating the Trump, uh, hating the president, hating Trump than they do about fixing the problem that they said they cared so much about. They said they cared about furloughed employees, but they wouldn't come to the table and negotiate a deal. So I think on the very same issue that we're discussing here, um, they're willing to bludgeon Donald Trump over Stormy Daniels or whatever other, which was a private matter 15 years ago. Uh, But they themselves have their own sexual Me Too moment happening right before their eyes and their silence is deafening. Okay, so I don't agree with you on a lot of that. You know, Stormy Daniels, the issue that Democrats have is that the American voters didn't know about it. They didn't have full information before they voted. With the Dreamers, it was Trump that ended Excuse me. No no candidate. No, excuse me. No candidate running for any office is going to discuss their personal sexual history uh, bef- as a qualification for office. That's the, we're, ta- we're not talking about Bill Clinton and an intern inside the Oval Office. There is a great distinction. I'm not defending it. I'm just saying 
that that nobody would discuss any personal matter like that. And frankly, if the question was asked, it would probably be dismissed by the American people as offensive. Yeah, well, I mean, I think there's a lot of things on the table with an election. I think that's one of them. The concern was whether there was an improper use of campaign funds to hide the affair. And the last thing is the wall. I absolutely agree. You have the 2006 Secure Fences Act. We had Democrats all over fencing, 700 miles of fencing. And I'd like to explain what the resistance is to the wall. And it's about context. Democrats are not against border security. You know, this open borders Democrats thing, it's not real. They're against the uh, wall. Excuse the me. They the want to eliminate ICE. They don't want to fund the wall. Not one dollar is all Nancy Pelosi offered. That's it. Yeah, she's playing hardball. And I, I honestly, I don't blame her because now they have the House and they're going to use it. I mean, this happened to President They're going to use it to what? Well, well, so what's the benefit? This president's fighting life and death. Ninety percent of the heroin comes across that border. Fentanyl's coming across oh, that border. Wait a minute. Young <laughs> girls are being brought across that border and literally put into human slavery and prostitution. Uh, do they care more about that or do they care more about getting a win over Trump? They, I think it's about rhetoric at this point. I think it's about calling it a wall. I'll be honest with you. I think there's a lot of politics going on both sides. I think Democrats will come to the table, but I think they're going to want... Well, the president, we have 4,000 homicides. We have 30,000 sexual assaults that we've chronicled and 100,000 violent assaults with illegal immigrants that have crossed the wall. Now, that's that's the 1% or 2% that we're trying to keep out, not the 99% that can come in legally that want a better life for their families. So you okay, can't argue. So, so we can argue going forward that anything new that happens, like an MS-13 child molester that was arrested yesterday by our border officials, uh, do the Democrats get the blame? Are they complicit in what happens here forward if we don't fix it? Democrats want to fix it. Number one, number two, uh, illegal and, and just because you say wait a minute, just because you say that doesn't make it true. That. They haven't done a thing. Well, we'll see what happens on February fifteenth. See what happens. Okay, we're gonna have to, well wait while while drugs pour into the country. We'll, we'll just sit and watch our watches. Well, we had we'll eight, we had eight years. We had eight years with Obama and nothing got fixed. That's that's what I can't understand is, you know, the proof is in the pudding. And I'm and I'm going to fault the, the uh, Republicans as well. You know, when Bush was in office, we didn't get anything fixed then with immigration. The problem is now you have a president that is wanting to fix it, that is offering solutions, that is bold enough to set party politics aside and say effective solutions. This is what we need. That's, you know, that is why I pushed for uh, President Trump and then candidate Trump so hard because he's somebody that looks for effective solutions and he speaks truths. And it really angers some people. But you know what? I, I Like many of the Americans, we don't care anymore. We want effective solutions, not party politics. And you can't say, Danielle, that we have to wait to see what they're going to do because they're not going to do anything. They're not. History shows that they're not going to do anything. There's only one politician that has stepped forward with real solutions, and that's Donald Trump. All right, let me ask the next question. Hang on. What do we do about the House of Delegates? Now with everything, I hope that you are offended by the governor's statements on, you know, delivering a baby, making sure the baby's comfortable, and then not even trying to medically assist the baby. Do you support that, Danielle? No, of course not. All right, got to stop it there. Quick break. We'll come right back, uh, talk more about, well, what happens to the attorney general, the lieutenant governor, and the governor in the Commonwealth of Virginia? And what about these Hollywood celebrities? We'll get to all of that with Jonathan Gillum, Danielle McLaughlin, a great Hannity tonight at 9. Quick break, right back. We'll continue. 
All right, as we continue, Jonathan Gillum, Danielle McLaughlin with us. Now you've got the governor and the third in line, the attorney general, now have this issue with one picture with the Klan and uh, a a gentleman in blackface. And you got a picture of blackface with the attorney general. What should happen to these politicians? Here's my question. It's it's disgusting. I asked you a question. So what should happen to them? I think what will happen is that they're going to have to resign. This is my question. Should something you did 30 years ago, should it ruin your life? That's my question. This is a difficult question, right? This is horrible. Well, why didn't horrible they address behavior. it a long time ago? Why didn't they tell the people yeah, before uh, they voted? Uh, well, fair enough. I mean, it was in the it was in the uh, it was in the yearbook. It wasn't uh, you know hidden from view. But it goes to Jonathan's point. You know, if you screw up 30 years ago, is that the end of your life? I mean, this is horrible. But is it? I don't. I don't know. I think this let's is give a hard Jonathan question. the last word. By the way, I never call for anybody to be fired. I did, they let them clean up their own mess. But, you know, the, the same party that bludgeons people with false charges of racism, it's interesting to watch them squirm uh, when those when real issues come up for them, be it the Me Too movement or, in this case, of race. Jonathan, last word. Totality of the circumstances. When we look at what somebody did 30 years ago, if it stands on its own as, as one incident of bad judgment, that's one thing. But when we look at a career filled with things like what this governor said about putting a baby to the side and letting it die, he was in blackface, he criticized other people for the same things, that's when you look at the totality of the circumstances, the totality of the character, and that's when you say that person doesn't need to be in office. And yes, their career does need to be ruined because they don't need to be in this. They can go off and work in a parking garage or in a library where they're not touching people or their or their laws, and they're not going to affect things. That's the way I look at it, the totality of the circumstances. All right, thank you both for being with us. Uh, 800-941-SEAN, you want to be a part of the program. News Roundup, information overload coming at the top of the hour. Uh, Post-State of the Union polls coming in, president getting a nice jump. We will explain. All right, News Roundup, information overload. What a week this has already turned into being. Um, There is a breaking story before we get. We're going to look at the president polls numbers and the current field of radical extremist democratic socialists that are running for and vying for the nomination. Uh, The Miami Herald broke a big story today that we're going to pay pretty close attention to, and that is the investigation into accused multimillionaire, accused pedophile Jeffrey Epstein, who we all know, remember they called it Lolita Express, and he had this island that was dubbed Orgy Island, And he hosted Bill Clinton, other powerful political figures on this island retreat. And apparently, reportedly, dozens of very young girls and referred to in the media as Orgy Island. But so the Miami Herald says that the Department of Justice has now opened an investigation uh, into the Secretary of Labor, Alex Acosta's role in negotiating his plea deal with the wealthy New York investor accused of molesting uh, all these young underage girls in Palm Beach. That's in response to a request by Senator Ben Sass of Nebraska, and a member of the Senate Judiciary Committee was critical of the case following a series of stories in the Miami Herald, which detailed how Acosta, then the U.S. Attorney for South Florida, other DOJ attorneys, worked hand-in-hand with defense lawyers and cut a lenient plea deal with Epstein in 08. And the Justice Department's Office of Professional Responsibilities now open an investigation uh, into this. 
And it just goes further than that, but we'll have to wait and see where that goes. Um, ended up getting like next to no jail time and basically got to stay at home confinement, which was pretty unbelievable. Uh, anyway, joining us now to discuss, okay, what is what is 2020 shaping up to be? Uh, the president's poll numbers were down as low as 43% during the height of the shutdown, but are now at a healthy 49%. The next couple of days, by next week, we'll get to see if he gets a bounce from the State of the Union, which I believe he will get. Uh, joining us now, John McLaughlin. He is a pollster, founder of uh, McLaughlin & Associates. Doug Schoen is with us, also a pollster, author, political analyst for Fox News, and uh, rumored to be an advisor for former New York City Mayor uh, Bloomberg and his potential run for president, uh, which would mean nobody in America could buy a big gulp. Every restaurant would have to keep salt and pepper off the table, and you'd have to request it uh, in order to get it, uh, and the nanny state would be taken to a level that would be pretty scary. Is that true that you're working for him? Well, Sean, we have devised a special policy that is going <laughs> to guarantee that you can have as big a soda as you want. I don't even drink Big Gulp. I, you know, I don't even drink soda at all, well, ever. But, I mean, the idea that the like government is going to tell me no I is offensive. I guarantee all the salt and pepper you want. Okay. Not a so you're, you're guaranteeing that Bloomberg is going to shift and try and act like, uh, act differently than the way he governed in New York. Is that what you're saying? I am saying that he has always understood the importance of leading media figures and that your interests, Oh, so I'm going to get a special. Bigger. I'm going to get a special exemption. Exactly. That's what oh, I'm the saying. Hannity Big Gulp exemption. That's a, that's exactly. what we're going to call it. Exactly. Well, it'll be interesting because you got Howard Schultz, who CEO of Starbucks, former CEO. Then you got un crazy Uncle Joe Biden. You can't go to a Dunkin' Donuts or a 7-Eleven unless you have a slight Indian accent. And talking about Obama, he's articulate. And you got the first sort of mainstream African-American yeah. who is articulate and bright and, and, and clean and nice-looking guy. Mm. I mean, it's, that's a storybook. Yeah, the president's clean and articulate. Imagine that, Doug. Jeez. Well, um, well I, 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 crazy again, Uncle Joe. Yeah. Look, I think we're in a situation, seriously, Sean, the Democrats are deeply divided. They are far left. And while I don't think the president has necessarily come up as high as your numbers suggest. Well, that was Rasmussen. Rasmussen polls every day, had him at 49 percent. He's I been, a, listen, he's been right in the last Rasmussen presidential elections. As my point of reference. John doesn't either. But the point is, well, I, I, we are seeing. I'm seeing a pickup, and with the Democrats as polarized, and with there being no message except the Green New Deal and related issues, I think, John McLaughlin, you'd agree the Democrats are back on their back foot and that the advantage has moved back in the president's direction. Well, I think Act if you exactly. look at this new Green Deal uh, of Ocasio-Cortez, I think you'll learn a lot, you know, when they're setting... You know, goals, net zero emissions uh, at the end of this 10-year plan. Uh, we're going to get, I mean, just look at what we're getting rid of. Pretty much everything. Planes, trains, cars. <laughs> no, like, no, airplanes. And, yeah, and, and this, Americans are really going to respond well to this, that we're going to get rid of cars and we're going to have high-speed trains everywhere and it's all going to be done in 10 years and we shouldn't worry how much it costs. Right, right. I, but, oh, but by the way, and a and, job... And, with a family-sustaining wage 
uh, whether you're w- willing or un- economic security for all who are willing or unwilling or unable to work. Unwilling to work. Oh, okay. I don't feel like working. Pay me. It's it's just socialism. And but but you know, go back to your original subject. The president's speech was was it's probably the best one he gave. And and even when CBS and CNN say for they. Out of the 47 million people that watched it, it was up from last year's uh, State of the Union. Out of the 47 million people that watched it, 76% said they approved of what he said. And they liked his ideas because it really was a broadening speech where he was reaching out. The majority of voters who watched it said he was trying to unite people. They, they 72% favored the ideas they heard on immigration. He said he wanted to increase legal immigration. Um, 71% said there was a crisis on the southern border. Uh, 74% said they uh, favored his proposals for the troops in the Middle East. So you've got a lot of momentum coming out of that speech, but only 47 million people saw it. Because the bad thing is, when you go back to 2016, where you had 139 million people go out and vote, 82 million people that voted in that election, plus any new voters, didn't watch the speech. They get their filter from the media. So the media, the things that you and I saw that we liked and the quotes we saw that we liked, that's not what they played in the media. In the, in, the, in the mainstream media, they were playing quotes about the investigation. There was one quote, one little quote. They didn't, pay, they didn't play that he wanted to certainly compromise and increase legal immigration, that the economy is growing, going great, that America is as strong as it's ever been in terms of security. But, that, but, but basically, that was President Trump reaching out and broadening his appeal, and that's why you've seen his numbers won't bounce in these in these polls, in the media polls. They'll grind up because there is significant opposition to him. The deep state, the the, the political establishment doesn't like the guy. The mainstream media, the liberal media doesn't like the guy. So he just has to constantly grind up and move his numbers up and get the facts out to as many millions of people as he can. And while the Democrats are fighting out, and the bad thing for, for Doug is – you know, as far as Democrats go, you got to admit that Mayor Bloomberg is a reasonable Democrat compared to these socialists that are that that are leading the pack out of their primary. But I mean, let, let's go through their own words here. Unbelievable. Elizabeth Warren, a wealth tax that that's taxing money that's already been taxed, and saying, "Well, you save too much." That's and then after you die, you get taxed I think that's again. Constitutional. Yeah. Okay. So it is unconstitutional. Or they're proposing a 70, anywhere between a 70 and 90 percent tax rate, depending on which socialist, radical, extreme Democrat you're listening to. Then you got Kamala Harris saying, oh, no, no, no more private health care insurance for individuals. Medicare for all means no private insurance. Well, that takes 177 million Americans who like their plan and take it away and force you into a government plan. Then you look at this this Green New Deal bill. Th- these are their own words, not mine. Every every American would be guaranteed a job with a family sustaining wage, with family and medical leave, with vacations, with retirement security. Now they want to pay for college. They're going to make higher education and trade schools free, and they're going to have oh, we're going to have to eat healthy food. They say they give offer all the platitudes, high quality health care, safe, affordable, adequate housing is guaranteed, uh, economic environment free of monopolies, which means a government takeover of the energy sector. And then my favorite is economic security for all who are unable or unwilling to work. Oh, OK, uh, I want to not work. I'm not I'm not willing. 
I think a lot of people might take them up on that deal, uh, Doug. But we're, and they say we don't, we shouldn't worry how we're going to pay for this. That's your party. Well, literally, as one of your favorite people said, uh, uh, Reverend Wright, the chickens come home to roost. The economic chickens come home to roost with any of these proposals. We're not going to get rid of private insurance. Government's not going to take over everything. We're not going to have 70 to 90% taxes and wealth taxes. We're going to have a capitalist system. And if the Democrats do not, do not, run on the core principles that have made our country great. I think all three of us agree that Donald Trump will be reelected much more easily than anyone could imagine today. All right. So listen to the media react to the president. I thought the the reason the president gave his best speech, well, it was his pitch, his cadence, and it was written, I thought, perfectly, which represents all of his views. But more importantly, he had this the success that he can rely record after record after record on the economy, which happens every time we govern conservatively and lower taxes instead of redistributing wealth. Anyway, here's how the media reacted to that. I saw this as a as a psychotically incoherent speech with cookies and dog poop. I think that this president walks in there and may as well deliver the speech on his knees because that is where he is politically. Donald Trump raised to a new level the uh, demagoguery, uh, the hyperbole, uh, the chauvinism, and even the misrepresentation on a lot of the the issues. Graphic language on abortion. Short on substance. In night of absurdist theater. As you try to hope for the best, uh, you heard the rhetoric of divisiveness. The president of the United States at this moment in the world did not mention climate change in even a sentence is just frankly a disgrace. There is nothing that was said last night that is credible, believable, or memorable. What's your reaction to that, John McLaughlin? By the way, I, I would pick up where Doug left off about the best line was taking on socialism. And and in the meantime, you didn't hear that line on these networks. Those those people that, that, that you just cited, uh, that we heard their words, it was like an alternate reality. Anybody who watched that speech that's a normal person thought it was a great speech, a unifying speech, and they liked the proposals in there. On the other hand, the liberal establishment spin machine that's totally deranged and probably pro-socialist, they were trashing it. And the bad part is... Out of the people that are likely to vote, that voted in the last presidential election, 82 million of them did not see or hear the speech. They heard only that kind of propaganda coming out of the media. And that's our challenge to get the president reelected, because that's a, those, those kinds of, you know, that kind of bias and that kind of uh, uh, vitriol, where it's not journalism, it's basically, you know, some opinion propaganda. I mean, that's the real challenge for, for Donald Trump to get reelected. And that's why every time we take a poll, the majority of Americans at a five to one, six to one ratio. They say the media is biased against them. Uh, Brett Bozell has media reports that saying 90% of the media, uh, the media research center, 90% of the media is is negative on the president. And, and you know that's Listen, our if challenge. He, John, let me sum it up. If the Donald Trump cured cancer and gave every American a million dollars, they'd still hate him. And if he adopted every one of their programs, they'd reject it. That's how much they hate this guy. Stay right there. More with Doug Schoen and John McLaughlin. 800-941-SEAN is our number. All right, as we continue with pollsters John McLaughlin and Doug Schoen are with us. You know, this Green New Deal, their goal is to get rid of all airplanes. This Green New Deal is to get off of all fossil fuels within 10 years and no nuclear power. This deal, they actually say in their document, um, 
as the question of how to pay for it, well, we're going to borrow the money the same way we did World War II. The Federal Reserve can extend credit to power these projects and, you know, take the government gets an equity stake. But at the end of the day, this is an investment in our economy that should grow our wealth. So the question isn't how we will pay for it, but what we will do with the shared prosperity. Oh, no airplanes. We're going to get rid of fossil fuels. We're going to be riding our bicycles to work every day, Doug. That's your party. Well, I sure everyone listening uh, saw and heard what happened in France when, in the interest of climate change, gas prices went up to reduce the carbon footprint in Europe. Yeah, that worked uh, out really well on the streets of uh, France, right? Exactly. That's my that's my point. And uh, I think we need airplanes. We still need the private combustion engine. And we basically do not have the resources to do what AOC and her cohorts want to do. Uh, and you got to pay the money back sometime. You just can't buy, borrow it and print hey, it. Hey, and Doug, Doug, declare- th- this, this is a form of insanity. This is a guaranteed, this is a roadmap to poverty. This is a roadmap to Venezuela in its current condition. All right. uh, You keep your party on that track. Stay right there. Don't move. You make sure they all all buy into this. Um, All right. Thank you both. we got to end it here. Quick break. Right back. We're going to hit the phones. 800-941-SEAN. You want to be a part of the program as we continue. 25 till the top of the hour. All right. we got uh, Alexandria... Ocasio-Cortez now out with her Green New Deal bill. It's going to have it's going to eliminate all fossil fuels in 10 years. It's going to offer a job to every American guaranteed at a sustaining wage guaranteed with family and medical leave, with vacations, with retirement security, uh, higher education, trade schools. Now the government will take us from pre-kindergarten all the way up through in college and beyond the guarantees that we will have healthy food and clean air and water. And it says safe, affordable, adequate housing guaranteed under the green new deal bill an economic environment free of monopolies. Oh boy. And an economic security for all who are unable or unwilling to work. And when it comes to paying for it, she says, well, stop thinking about how to pay for it because, uh, you know, that bottom line is the Federal Reserve can give us the money. We'll do it the way we did it in World War II. Uh, new public banks can be created to extend credit. And at the end of the day, this is an investment and that should not that should grow our wealth as a nation. So the question isn't how we're going to pay for it. Huh? Okay, we're going to get rid of, and that includes getting rid of airplanes. That's right. We're pretty sure we can't get fully rid of farting cows and airplanes that fast. But we can think we can ramp up the renewable manufacturing and power production. This is so beyond clueless. This is so beyond. This is now what I've been saying. The leftist, radical, extremist, new Democratic Socialist Party. This is who they are. How late in the third trimester could a, a physician perform an abortion if he indicated it would impair the mental health of the of the woman? Or physical health. Okay. Okay. I'm, I'm uh, talking about the mental health. So, I mean, through the third trimester. The third trimester goes all the way up to 40 weeks. Okay. But to the end of the third trimester. Yep. I don't think we have a limit in the bill. So... Um, 
where it's obvious that a woman is about to give birth. She has physical signs of, of, that she is about to give a birth. Would that still be a point at which she could request an abortion if she was so certified? She's dilating. Uh, Mr. Chairman, that would be a, you know, a decision that the doctor, the physician, and the woman would I understand make that. that. I'm asking point. if your bill allows that. My bill would allow that, yes. So in this particular example, uh, if a mother is in labor, I can tell you exactly uh, what would happen. Um, the infant would be delivered. Uh, the infant would be kept comfortable. Uh, the infant would be resuscitated if, if that's what the uh, mother and the family desired. And then a discussion would ensue between the physicians and the mother. Even during the birthing process, full term, ninth month, viability, deliver a baby, make it comfortable, and then let the mother decide. This is the party of infanticide at this point. So many supporting this. It's scary at this, you know, six states. Uh, the Senate wouldn't even vote to protect these kids that are born alive. And they had an opportunity this week. This is the party of open borders. Let's give them open borders. Eliminate ICE. This is the border of what? Crime. They don't seem to care about permanent separation. The homicides, the assaults, the sexual assaults that we have chronicled because of open borders or the 90 percent of heroin coming across our southern border or the fentanyl issue. And then, well, how are you going to pay for it? We'll pay for it. But, you know, we'll figure it out as we go. It's too big an investment. Why do we ask such tough questions about this? Then they even say in their document the level of investment required is massive. Even if every billionaire and company came together and are willing to pour all of their resources at their disposal into this investment, the aggregate value of the investments they could make are not sufficient. Now, let me just throw something at What is the lifeblood? Think about this. We finally, in the first time in 65 years, have become energy independent. Uh, we now are a net exporter of energy, natural gas and, and oil, more than Saudi Arabia, more than Russia. Why? Because of President Trump. We have two huge pipelines that are being built. When completed, you are going to hear about hundreds of thousands of career jobs available for Americans, especially when they open Anwar and they can get their equipment up there and start drilling there, which the president opened up. You've got the best economy ever. And then on top of it, they want to add a 70 percent income tax rate. What kind of society do we want to live in? Mm -hmm. Are we comfortable with a society where someone can have a personal helipad mm -hmm. while this city is experiencing the highest rates of people experiencing homelessness mm -hmm. since the Great Depression? Mm -hmm. Should those two things coexist mm -hmm. at the same time? Mm -hmm. And I think a 70 percent marginal tax rate, especially when we're starting to talk about your 10 millionth dollar, your 10 millionth and one dollar, all of those. Yes, to be clear, it's not a family earning 30,000. Right, taxed exactly, right. exactly. Right. It's saying, where do we draw the line mm -hmm. in excess? Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. at what point do we return to this question that King asked, that Gandhi asked, that is our material technology outpacing our moral technology? Mm -hmm. So after you make $10 million in one year, your dollars after that start to get progressively taxed at a much higher rate. And really what that is, is that it's the tax interpretation of 
one answer to the question of uh, how much is at how at what level are we really just living in excess and what kind of society do we want to live in and then on top of that elizabeth warren wants a wealth tax which means that after you paid your income taxes your fica taxes your state income taxes your sales taxes your hidden taxes your taxes 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 then they want to unconstitutionally come back again and just take more money which would be licensing stealing by the government, which they pretty much do anyway. And if you don't believe it, well, just try and challenge and not pay your taxes. Uh, they'll throw you in jail in five minutes. I always urge my friends, pay the bill. Pay it. It's the cost of living here, unfortunately, and it's extraordinarily high. But we're going to be we're going to build high speed trains. There won't be a need anymore for for airplanes. Well, what about airplane manufacturers? What about employees for the for the airlines? What happens to them in this great transition that they're planning, guaranteeing a, a place to live and healthy food and free school and free health care and free, 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 free? What, what happens to them? You know, if they're unwilling to work, nobody has to work. If you're unwilling, you get all the benefits under this Green New Deal. You know, overhaul transportation, expand electric vehicle manufacturing, charging stations, build out high-speed rail at a scale where air travel stops to become necessary. Wow. Are we going to build a train to Europe and Asia? Are we going to build a train? You know, where we build, how, how are we going to build those trains? And by the way, I know I'm not allowed to ask who's paying for it. You know, it's unbelievable. This is so ridiculous. It is beyond anything I've ever heard. All the platitudes, all the bumper stickers, all the reassurances you'll be safe and secure for life. And you know what happens every time that's been tried before? It has failed. It has produced more poverty, more misery, uh, less prosperity than ever before. The former Soviet Union, you pick your country. Healthcare, you know, I have a friend of mine as a doctor, sent me a note today. Guy in Canada, uh, absolutely has a brain tumor. They won't even give this guy in Canada an MRI. They don't think he needs it. Comes to New York. He's not a wealthy guy. He happens to find a friend of mine who's a doctor. And he's like, not only did he need an MRI, that if I don't operate like now, this guy's going to die. And he doesn't have the money to do it. Now, look, my friend, he does this all the time. He's doing it for free. I said, can I help with any of the expenses? Does he need a place to stay? Whatever. I don't, I don't even know who this person is. And, you know, maybe I'll help the guy. But the thought is, why are they coming here? Because their system sucks. Ask them. And there's a million of those stories. Even the politicians come here. The ones that rammed it down the throats of the people of Canada, just like Obamacare. How did that work out for you? What is the government doing well that we have faith, hope, and confidence in them? Did Obamacare work out, keep your doctor, your plan, and save money? Nope. You know, did, did, did the promise of a better education work out? Well, we spend more per capita with the worst results. It's unbelievable. Uh, I think this is, is that a Casio cortez cut? What is that, Alinda? Let me play 
Ocasio-Cortez, and you can hear some of this yourself. But it is just certainly a lot of money. You don't specify where it's going to come from other than saying it will all pay for itself. Yeah, I think the first thing that we need to do is is kind of break the mistaken idea that taxes pay for 100% of government expenditure. It's just not how government expenditure works. We can recoup costs, but oftentimes you look at, for example, the GOP tax cut, which I think was an irresponsible use of government expenditure, but government projects are often financed by a combination of taxes, uh, deficit spending, and other kinds of, of investments, you know, bonds and, and so Well, I get on. that, but deficit spending is borrowing money that has to be paid back eventually through taxes. Yeah, and I think, well, I think that is always the crux of it. So when we decide to to go into the realm of deficit spending, we have to do so responsibly. We ask, is this an investment or is this actually going to pay for itself? So you're saying borrow the money, make the investment, the economy will grow, it'll pay off the debt. Absolutely, because we're creating jobs. As you know, Congresswoman, one reason that people who are politically conservative are skeptical of efforts to combat climate change mm -hmm. is that it sounds to them like it requires massive government intervention, which they just mm -hmm. don't like. Are you prepared to put on the table that, yes, actually, they're right. What this requires is massive government intervention? It does. It does. Yeah, I have no problem saying that. Why? Because we have tried their approach for 40 years. For 40 years, we tried to let the private sector take care of it. They said, we got this. We can do this. The, the forces of the market are going to force us to innovate, except for the fact that there's a little thing in economics called externalities. And what that means is that a corporation can dump pollution in the river and they don't have to pay for it and taxpayers have to pay for cleaning up our air, cleaning up our water and saving the planet. And so we've already been paying the costs except we have not been getting any of the benefit. And so what we're here to say is that government is not just for cleaning up other people's mess, but it's also for building solutions in places where the private sector will not. And don't worry, the question isn't how we're going to pay for it. That's a direct quote. we got to upgrade everything. We've got to do it in 10 years. No more fossil fuels in 10 years. We're going to eliminate airplanes. How am I getting to Vietnam for the summit? What? That's all in 10 years. Build charging stations, high-speed rail at a scale where air travel stops becoming necessary. We're going to ban that too? What about people in those industries? You know, guaranteeing a job, a, a wage, medical leave, family, uh, education at any level you want, uh, retirement security, vacations, even if you're unwilling to work. And we're going to and no nuclear energy as well. This is madness. This is totally and completely so off the charts, you know, but if you get to z net zero emissions, yeah, you can't fly an airplane anymore or drive a car. You know, it's unbelievable. It is, it's like a parody. Joel Pollack, who's a great writer over at Breitbart, he called it the Green Deal, New Deal as a, as a Republican parody of the Democratic platform. This is who they are. With the wealth taxes, the 70 to 90% income tax rates, the full redistribution, that's them. Unbelievable. It's all based on nothing. They will destroy the single greatest, best prosperity creating system in life. 
All right, that's going to wrap things up for today. Uh, We have an amazing Hannity tonight, 9 Eastern on the Fox News Channel. This country is at a tipping point. We face the real dangers of socialism, including this Green New Deal, this insane proposal by some House Democrats. We'll give you all of the details of the dangers. Add that to wealth confiscation. No more private health insurance. Uh, Medicare, free school, free housing, free, 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 free. Uh, but why is are these promises false? We'll get to that. The double standard as it relates to sexual assault charges of the Democrats before and after. You're going to love this montage tonight and so much more. 9 Eastern, Hannity on the Fox News Channel. We'll see you tonight at 9, back here tomorrow. More Than a Movie is back with Season 2. I'm your host, Alex Fumero. And each week, I'm going to talk to the people behind your favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos' picture was already up on the wall. Listen to More Than a Movie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi, I'm Michael Rappaport. And I'm Kibi Rappaport. And together we're hosting Rappaport's Rappaport's Reality Reality Podcast. We have a passion for reality TV, and we're inviting you into our living room. We're dissecting the drama, and we're giving praise to the single greatest form of entertainment on television today. That is right. Reality TV is the greatest form of entertainment on television today. Listen to Rappaport's reality with me, Kibi Rappaport. And me, Michael Rappaport, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcast. Hey, I'm Jay Shetty, and I'm the host of the On Purpose podcast. This week, I talked to Orlando Bloom in a rare interview where we went deep into how to get comfortable with fear and how to change the guilt and shame thought pattern. People say, what are you afraid of, right? I'm afraid of fear because it's like, I want to confront anything in my life that feels challenging on those levels. Listen to On Purpose with Jay Shetty on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts.